Hi, everyone. We're talking about Jeff Hardy's earliest run. Mm. I met with Michael Hayes and did a lot of bar- backyard wrestling. That's done. Let's talk about Gil- uh, Dylan's gas issues for the <laughs> nine minutes, 30 seconds. Go ahead, Dylan. Are you having stringy shits? This is cold brew coffee. I have GERD now. I cannot do anything anymore. If I exercise, I vomit, but I still exercise, bro. That's of course. Guys, we grind. Well, because everyone knows that you have to, um, uh, you have to get in contact with your inner Scotsman. Yeah, you have to fucking flush out that inner bitch, like Joe Rogan says. And you, know what that's the right. inner bitch is. That's the person that says, "Get therapy." You haven't dealt with your father's death. Did I tell you about what happened when I mentioned the name Joe Rogan on stage in a comedy show, and a guy and literally nutted? A, a guy literally just went. It was the cra- I literally just went like like you'd hear on Joe Rogan like I was using it as a reference and a guy just stood up and went, Joe Rogan's funnier than you you cunt and That's then he walked time. out and I was like what the fuck and I and I was just like this is why what's wrong with our fucking society right now is if you use a guy's name everyone's just like he's going up for my guy I have to say something. And it's just like, shut up, shut up, you fucking loser. I'm done with everyone can fuck off. Everyone doesn't do anything. I was on a gig with a comedian. Uh, She's very funny, but she's very like online. And then at one point she was talking about free speech. And I was like, you know what I do is I listen to banana phone five times today. And I don't even have the excuse that my kid's old enough to ask for that. I just voluntarily was like. Play it back, buddy. This Raffy guy's got something, and I like it. That's what you should do. Don't look at your phone. Don't talk about the left or the right. Just listen to fucking, listen to some fucking Raffy. Don't smoke a joint, because that is for the devil. Disagree. Smoke a joint, become Raffy. That's what I do. <laughs> Raffy divorced By that I mean his, uh, smoke a joint and fall asleep in a log. That's what I mean. <laughs> I, that's how I do I that, I am the Raffy. By the way, for those who don't know who Raffy is, so Canada... In the 80s and 90s, did an absolute bet. We will talk about Jeff Hardy, and we will slow. This is something about Canada that you don't know is most of the children's shows in the world are made in Canada, and that was in the 80s and 90s, as John was, I think, starting to say, was the Canadian, no one would ever make a documentary about this because there's no they story should. to it. There like, is a story to Canadian it. They were old. children's music this is, was this is the story. in the 80s. Guess who we, guess where we thought we would find a pedophile? In amongst these men and women, mm. guess what we didn't find? One pedophile. They're exactly. all pedophiles. That's what they would say. No, no. <laughs> yeah, that's the funny. That's the advantage that Canada has over everything, and why that Canadian children's entertainers are so successful is uh, you can count them up. <laughs> Zero pedophiles. That's right. Canada should have that in their tourist manuals. Like all our children's entertainers, just have kids. Not for nothing else. Yeah, they don't. Fuck we're looking them. at you, Britain. Yeah, we're looking at you, Britain. We're looking at you, America. We're looking at you, Portugal. Portugal? Fuck yeah. The Portuguese would never do that. They just yeah. straight Sen- up marry uh, them when they're 14. Senhero Biblioteca, that's Mr. Library, was one of the history's <laughs> greatest monsters. Spanish. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's a span he's a Spanish kids performer who uh performs in Portugal. Do you have a problem with that? So my kid watches uh well, once again, I show them all these different names for animals, and um like it just goes Lama. Llama, and then makes it sound a llama. Anyway, for two things I've learned: kangaroos make a noise like you're stabbing it. Koalas yes, they do. make a noise like they're a cigarette smoker, like coughing well, up a lung. Because here's like, the thing with Australia: you're like, oh, koala. It's just a nice. Thing. <laughs> Christ, I got a fucking shit. That's also a here's koala. the thing. But here's the thing with Australia: <laughs> oh, you Jesus learn. Christ, I haven't been hard in years. 
all oh. those animals are designed to not have anything near them. So they look kind of cute, and then you get close, and it's just like, Jesus fucking Christ, my yes, fucking this, hemorrhoids, this, this man. Away, and then this up far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> shitting. I'm shitting. Koala That's- is the only animal other than humans to have a divorce attorney. Did you know that a wallaby, uh, the noise they made is just the N-word? They just point. <laughs> they point, too? Yeah. Get out of my country. Yeah, That's you're lucky I'm... Yeah, oh, uh, some wallabies also say, you're lucky I'm not a cop. They also say that. <laughs> <laughs> you're goddamn lucky they won't give me a gun or I'll tell you. <laughs> some guy had a really uh, good joke thing, Dylan, yesterday about to- how Batman, Dylan. you couldn't do Batman now because Batman is just a guy who dresses up and only does police brutality. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, I mean, but I'm wearing a hat. It's a joke that everyone's done, but I've always maintained it, which is like Batman at Occupy Wall Street would be one of the saddest so moments ever. So funny. Oh, man. Good Batman's here. He's on our side. Is he? <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, the rich guy who learned how to fight good so he could just beat up the pores. I totally get Batman's logic, by the way, because I've spoken to so many people with that similar logic. I don't know why, but my continual frustration, and it very much is isolated to stand-up comedians... Um, stand-up comedians of all industries do not know how to learn how to do something. What they do is they look at someone else who did something, and then they will just send emails to that person that are so <laughs> stupid. They cause that person to have brain tumors. Example, please. I've been. I came back from Australia, and I've received a variety of emails from comedians, particularly from the country Dylan lives in, saying things like, "I want to do that." Can you give? Can you tell me how I how to do that? And I like respond. I just don't respond anymore because I'm just like, no. I've spoken to you once, and I've never lived in the city you live in. I mean, that's all over the world. Hey, I want to do that. Can you give me all the things? Yeah, but here's the difference: is no tried? one emails the person. No one emails the person directly and is like, "How'd you do that?" I like that email too. Not a not a DM. Just a not a DM. Subject. Give me it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You went to my website. What? What is this? Two thousand and nine? Oh yeah, I've been uh, the. It surprises me how many people use the. Co- I've done a couple, um, like that you wouldn't call them articles or whatever, but like people have contacted blogs. me to. Dylan's, Dylan has now been interviewed for a lot of political blogs. Yeah. If you ever hear uh, an expert on Susan Collins, Polly Polly's, well, it's that's poly, Dylan. Polyamorous people talking about politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dylan is the uh, he is the face of a new podcast. It's called Polly's on Polly's, and he's the moderator. He mo- it's two polyamorous couples. First half they talk about the deficit. Second half they talk about sex. I gotta tell you, <laughs> I want to watch. I want to listen to that sh- with you as the moderator, just trying to really keep it together. Go ahead, Dylan. Give us some of your moderator. Uh, first of all, your lifestyle disgusting. <laughs> Explain to me why. Yeah. Uh, second of all, I will be eating warm cold slaw throughout this entire show. Not a, the reason why it's warm is so the <laughs> the audience doesn't hear the crunch. Yeah, but everyone in the studio can smell the smells. Yeah, I want warm coleslaw so that this conversation is the second worst thing happening right now. Exactly. I want to make sure that my soul and my stomach are churning in the same way because, and I mean to stress this, your horrific lifestyle. <laughs> Here's my thing about polyamorous people. John, Go ahead. turn your camera I got off. It's just me I... now. No, I'm kidding. Don't turn your camera off, actually, because it fucks with the audio. Then it creates like nine extra files. I'm not, anyway. not going to do it. So John's camera's off. John is, I'm assuming, in a bathtub. I am. A nice glass of port ready to hear. Of course. It is the morning where I am. So, of course, I this am is drinking seven, This is eight minutes and not one thing about Jeff Hardy. 
Here's here's a bad segue. Jeff Hardy kind of gives off a polyamorous vibe. Back to my weird comment. Polyamorous people, oh, I never understood it because, like, John, you're the same way as me. But, like, even if stand-up didn't work out, we would have still done it. So we're, like, hobbyists. Like, above all, we're hobbyists. Even, like, this podcast, we've monetized yet another one of our hobbies. Yes. And, like, we'll probably continue doing that throughout our lives. And... Mm-hmm. That just, to me, polyamory above all else is like, you don't have any hobbies. Your whole life is relationships then. Like, your whole life is just like, I'm, you just love couples' vacations so much, you never want it to end. It's like... Well, it's, it's twofold. As someone who has dated... Don't you have a shed? Don't you I've have something you're two, trying to build in the shed? I've dated two polyamorous people, and here's the big takeaways from it. One, way too much scheduling for human beings. There's so much... They love schedules. They No, they don't, though. It becomes an oppressive albatross around their neck because they're just like because what it is is they're like man i just like i want to get filled i want to get this thing filled <laughs> that's, that's open they, relationship people is just like i'm hot fill me up or i want to fill something up it's also but also polyamorous people like people like uh, do act like it's like well you know it's not just about sex and it's like there's a good portion of it that is about getting down and being clowns because they're down to clown and uh but it's just so much scheduling and it also takes all of the fun out of it and also do they want it's the first v- three months? Is that what it is? They just are obsessed with the first three months where it's like someone could take a shit in your bed and you'd be like, ooh, kooky and dangerous. You know what I mean? Like that's what it's just really odd. Like it's just an odd lifestyle. Also, this is something I realized after going for a long walk in Australia. All polyamorous people look like if a wizard turned dogs into people. Yeah. They, they all, all look have like, like they think they 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 are like, but if we both believed it, I could cast a spell. Yeah, exactly. They both look like they were like, what I want you to know is I haven't really thought through the consequences of my decision. That's what I always get for it. Like, it's one of those things also where uh, I have a joke about polyamorous people, which is polyamorous people are two people that were in love and then need to break up. But instead, they see other people for a year and then they break up. And let me tell you who never finds that funny. Anyone who's polyamorous and I can always see it. But I also can always tell. And I'm like, the reason why you don't like that joke is it's 100% true. 100% true. Well, I guess to Except be the, the devil's the advocate, look true. at my little horns, John. It's like an outsider lifestyle, and then you're already piling on. And there is a lot of people who like don't even take that action. They just should break up, and they're just like, oh, instead we're going to stay because I'm too possessive to have anyone else fuck this person I don't even like anymore. That's true. I will say this about uh, polyamorous people. I one time uh, had a fight with a Oh, John... This is amazing. So what happened there was John just left the stream somehow. And the last thing he said was I had a fight with a girlfriend. So I assume that John, John, Joey Ryan Hastings had a fight with his girlfriend. That was perfect wrestler review timing. Continue about your... So fight with this woman. (laughs) So we got into a fight and we went to, she fell asleep. And then I just listened to, uh, her polyamorous roommate have a full orgy, a loud That's like, dope. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Two, like so many footsteps, so many footsteps from the front door to the room, and then a cacophony of pleasure as you, as I laid in a bed of anger. <laughs> I like the idea. If I was in an orgy, I would be, and I had a roommate, I would definitely be like, all right. I don't know how many people are here, but we're timing it so not none of us come at the same time, but one of us is always coming, so they always have to hear a nut noise. Just, yeah, they always uh, have to hear. My back. Uh, I also found out that uh, someone uh, that I know 
Uh, he's never made a noise during sex. He has extreme anxiety about it. And so he ends up uh, being very lightheaded for a lot of it because he just holds his breath for fear of making noise. And I got to tell you. Never let the thing. Al Pacino out? That's all I do. <laughs> the entire. The, well, you'll know I'm having sex because you'll just hear a lot of quotes from Scent of a Woman and Glenn <laughs> Gary, Glenn Ross. A train car smells vaguely of shit. <laughs> These leads are terrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, are that's enough talking about Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. We've done 13 or... minutes of not talking about Jeff Hardy's mm-hmm. early career. Let's talk about Jeff Nero Hardy. Let me tell you what you, happens when you learn about how Jeff Hardy gets into the business. You're just like, Matt Hardy is a genius, and everything that the brother Nero broken Matt Hardy thing was a reference to the beginning of his career. Willow the Wisp was a character he did on the indies. We're talking about the indies in the in 1995, which I assume was just Wahoo McDaniel asleep in the middle of the ring, and the Jeff the Hardy Boys just like, do we go in the ring? And they're like, do not, whatever you do, do not go in the ring. Have mm. your match on the pavement in front of the ring. Do not wake up Wahoo. Do not fucking wake him up. Yeah, a big part of breaking into wrestling in 1994 was making Greg the Hammer Valentine a steak sandwich. That's true. A lot of it was also just asking Coco Beware when he was the Intercontinental Champion and then just listening to an answer that made no sense. It was 75. I beat Superstar Billy Graham on the moon. <laughs> um, but Jeff Hardy, and uh, this is going to get real for a moment. So, John, oh, mute God. yourself. Once Wait, again, how did you spell real? R-E-A-L, baby. Whoa. Uh, Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy, I see a lot of myself in them because we're not only were we both high flyers, but uh, he lost a parent at an early age and clearly was like, fuck this, I'm just going to do what i love and basically their dad was like yeah go do whatever you want and they were in a trampoline wrestling organization with the best this great this is crazy shane uh, helms can you look at me in the face it was the trampoline wrestling federation and i would like so, you to have some fucking respect but shane helms this is sugar shane helms? hardy jeff hardy steve carino sugar shane helms joey matthews like that's pretty fucking and that's like the, almost like the that's like the founders of indie wrestling. And also, we yeah, no, Steve, you know what? We should do a Steve Carino episode because he has an ROH angle that is amazing, where it's like he's in rehab for being a heel, which is like one of the best angles. I the more you tell me about early ROH, I'm like, man, that well, this sounds is later. Great. This is later ROH. This is full like Steve Carino has five tits. He has like his his, pre, his is this tits like, are tits, is this and his corn- stomach is two tits as well. Somehow, like is this Cornet era ROH or is this Bullet Club era? ROH or in between. I think this is like weird. This is a weird one where it's like cornet and non cornet because it's Kevin Steen and Kevin Steen like basically is like I'm a mega heel and Carino's like I can't do this. I can't be a mega heel anymore and he's like Kevin Steen gets kicked out of ROH and the whole thing is he's going to come back in but Steve Carino is like I will beat him because I'm not a heel and heels are bad and it's a real uh it's a real interesting angle. But anyway, Jeff Hardy, they have a trampoline wrestling organization. And because wrestling, if you want to know anything about how awful wrestling is, it's like the Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy's career worked out. But it so easily could have just been like, and then these two boys were killed. And it was By Scott over. Hall when they were 15 in the ring. Like the thing you have to understand 16 is years the- old in the ring facing Scott Hall. And they're like, I guess Scott Hall had a bad day. So he beat me up. That he's beating up a fucking child. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not that he had a bad day. It's that you're a you're a human child. You're, a child. you're 15. 
It is very possible that one of them 16. had, had six the, is like the, they were still in double digits of amount of times they've jacked off. That's how young they That's were. That's very funny. Yeah, for sure. Jeff Hardy jacked they, off as soon as the match was over because he saw so many girls. <laughs> exactly. Like they literally are like I saw nine bra straps. I've got to go fucking nut. There was a girl wearing a spaghetti strap and also I could see her belly button. Everyone don't go into the bathroom. It is a sea of bleachy mushroom soup. <laughs> um. Also, this is the this is I think my favorite Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy time because they look they are young hot boy band boys and they, they are, are the wearing young bucks. daisy is- trunks. Mm-hmm. There are so many tassels. We're have and they are just doing flips. Like this is the time where it's like literally Scott Hall does an Irish whip and Jeff Hardy does eleven flips, but hitting the ropes, walks back, takes a clothesline, is pinned. Like it is so crazy how long it takes for them to ascend, and also this interesting thing of. They get kind of trained by the last of the territorial big guys. They're trained by Dory Funk Jr. Um, at one point with Kurt Angle and all these sort of people. Like they are trained a train. They're trained with all of these guys that go on to be sort of much like the Hardy Boys, sort of just part of the, like fixtures of the wrestling industry. But- and it's also very interesting because their work rate and the way they work is that very. Now we would call it an indie style, or let's be honest, in a couple of years it'll be the AEW style. But they are so locked in with the WWF and were so used as sort of the and here's for something completely different style kind of guy. Yeah, they were totally uh what made them such great jobbers is that they basically learned to wrestle on a trampoline. Yeah, and they learned how to wrestle on a trampoline. It's also it's all they've done since they were 15, so they like yeah. are like they're like great at it. Hey, Dylan, well, it's also like clearly like a single parent thing where their dad's like, yeah, I got to work all the time. Just go outside and do also, something. Oh, they're let's talk about the most trampoline. important thing. You want to talk about how you're going to be a weirdo? Single dad. If you were raised by, I don't want to be rude to the men listening, but let's Darren all be Rose, honest. Very talented comedian. Done Incredib- very well for himself. Single dad. Incredibly talented comedian. Done very well for himself. That said, Darren Rose will have a beer with you anytime. You know what I'm saying? Like Darren <laughs> Rose is down to sit and have a beer at any time. Because guess who Darren Rose was raised by? He was raised by a dad. And in his head, he's like, that's as important as driving a kid to the hospital. You'll wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll goddamn wait. You need to relax. Yeah, you need to. De- uh, I need to relax before we go talk to a doctor. I need to be. As, as Darren Rose's own act says, the orange juice tastes like meat. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they got a bit of salami in there. Why? Because I was eating a sandwich and I drank it out of the fucking carton. No, I, what I, I got a job. I yeah, don't have time me. for cups. What? Whose name is on the fucking deed? Is it you? <laughs> is it you, seven-year-old? A little bit too much of this. That's a dope, though. That's, this man, is also I want to buy a house just so I can have the deed on me at all times. Oh, Home my God. Owner, you understand buddy. how Oop. fucking awesome you will be when you own property, Dylan? You will have the deed on you at all times. and you will, This is like, my bring, land. Uh, excuse me. I'm a land-owning Canadian, is what you'll always be referring to yourself. You'll go, you'll show up to elections early. Uh, excuse me, where's the line for the land owners? <laughs> but Jeffrey Harvey, this is good. I don't even need research because this is so ingrained in my brain. That's here's right. the Jeff thing. Here's the Ned two things about Harvey. them. First of all, you'd be remiss if you didn't say the early Hardy Boys just dressed it. And this is why what took me a really long time to appreciate the Young Bucks, and I guarantee what took old guys in. They look at the young bucks were just the early Hardy boys, but not jobbers. And like, yeah. that's how exactly how they dressed. They were they're 
way better than the Hardy Boys in the ring. Way more smooth. Way more athletic. But that's the way they were. Is like these are the these are the jobber Hardy Boys, but they well, get you, to win. But it's also you see the influence of the Hardy Boys are basically they're not inventing this style because it's Lucha Libre in Japan done it by Nor- done in a North American ring with a well, North American. Rock and Roll accent. Express Hardy Boys Young Bucks, and if you didn't have the Hardy Boys in the middle, then the Young yeah. Bucks would have been appreciated way more because they really are just. Again, I totally agree with you, but I think you're not also taking into account that also the Young Bucks come across like assholes. The main problem with the Young Bucks is I look at their faces and I go, oh, I'm in my head five minutes into talking to Nick Jackson. This is what I'm thinking. I just think I do. This is what I guarantee I could give you the names of the comedians that they are very similar to. And you would be like, oh, yeah, like. Do you know who the Young Bucks are? The Young Bucks are, um, I'm just saying this, uh, it's in the private chat. They're that guy if he was successful. That's who they are. They're like a shitty, weird <laughs> douchebag, but if they were very successful. You know what I mean? They're using, they're like, they're having yeah. an affair and using the Maybe ladies' like money a late to era Chappelle. Maybe a late era Dave Chappelle type thing where it's like, you guys are amazing, but you think you invented it. You know what I mean? Where it's like yeah. Dave Chappelle's still hilarious and great, but there's this weird thing about his personality where it's like you have to be a crazy ego person to do performing to begin with, but you need to dial it back a bit just so you're on this planet. Yeah, you're right. you basically Dave Chappelle started a cult, but he didn't get any followers. He's just like everybody. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I also I, will I, say I see that. What you're saying. They don't come off that way to me, but um, what was it? Uh, Hardy Boys also are very, very important because the Hardy Boys are the first that I know of WWE jobbers that use their same name yeah. in the same company and become actual stars, which is now a model for how everyone is. And I think it's a bad model, to be honest. I think that. But do you want to know why it worked for the Hardy Boys and won't work for anyone else? As so many of these things are like this and that it works for one person. So they're like, well, we'll do it again. And so mm-hmm. you're not taking into account that person. The Hardy Boys were so young and they were jobber. This sounds really crazy, but I'm right. They were jobbers in a different era. They were jobbers in the next generation era mm-hmm. and stars in the attitude era, which means there was some changeover of the audience and there was a replenishment of the hardy. And also you could tell the stories that they were children. Then this is the other thing. They were 15 years old and take and confuse and confuse chief J strongbow or blackjack Lanza or whoever, whatever weird smoker it was, was in charge of getting the job guys were clearly not checking ID. Cause they're like, well, if I check ID for these guys, I'm going to have to check ID on my dates. And uh, <laughs> we're not doing that. And that's the interesting thing, isn't it? And they also, you'd be remiss if you didn't say like they're jobbing to guys like crush in the nineties and they get to like then face crush in the DOA and win. So you're like, exactly. Well, they fan, beat crush. Like, oh, there they is be- evolution. They also there. beat crush in the they final did. match. They were the ones who gave him. Oh, John's out again. Um, I like that. All right, so here was something that I didn't like. First of all, you can see my legs are wide open. Second of all, if you are a Patreon at a $10 tier, you can see my brother-in-law's wish.com swords that he has right here. John, you're back. John, the the Wi-Fi. John, by the way, if you have the Patreon feed, is dressed like a guy who was forced to go to a wedding. Good for him. John is out again. So what we're going to do is talk about more Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy, um, the greatest thing that happens is they are told, you're goths now. And Jeff Hardy, like every southern goth, just went to Hot Topic. And then they stuck them with Michael P.S. Hayes 
And Michael P.S. Hayes said, you know what? I also should dress like I'm in Hot Topic. Not at all. <laughs> like, oh, this guy's old and he hangs out with them. So maybe he dresses in all jean. He's a free bird, baby. Let's fucking be the 80s free bird. No. Michael P.S. Hayes says, fuck you. Fucking all jean, baby. Billy, <laughs> he dresses like exactly Hot Topic, skin tight along with the pants that my sister used to wear in grade five. Let me tell you pants. Let me tell you why this was the best move Michael Hayes has ever made. The best move the Hardy Boys ever made. It brought Michael Hayes out one last time. Everyone was like, who's this fucking little bitch? And it was like, I don't know. But you just knew it was countdown to him, them moving on. Like, you just knew they're like, I know what's going to happen. These guys are going to beat this guy up and it's going to be real good. It's going to be real good then. That is a very, very important thing that they tried. It's funny because they tried to do it. Did we do that episode? It was No, we did an episode on Paul Ellering. But uh, Paul Ellering was just recently a manager for, I forget the team, two big boys who punch, punch, punch. And they tried to cut Paul Ellering out. The, the Authors of Pain. I remember because they, in the worst writing I've ever heard, uh, the Authors of Pain, at someone in the writing thing was decided, well, why don't they do poems? Because they are authors. And then they got released very soon afterwards. Yeah. Well, again, but the problem also is and why the WWAs need to eliminate managers. Mm-hmm. And then they finally had to bring them back because they're like, well, the only person that can talk in this company is Paul Heyman. So he manages everyone. Um, <laughs> but it's not even that. Like, it's like Paul Heyman. And then they're like, <laughs> oh, OK. But Paul Heyman, by calling himself an advocate on television, I guarantee there's this Vince weird Mc- thing in Vince McMahon's head where it's like, oh, he's not a manager. He's an advocate. He's and also every other guy was like, I'm an advocate because they just hi- they just fired Malcolm Bivens, who Stokely Hathaway, who is like a great manager. But they just for some reason fucking anyway, whatever. Part of what the, my theory is, is that Vince compares everyone to Bobby the Brain Heenan because Vince is that guy who's like, you have to be bigger than Hogan. You have to sell more than Steve Austin. It's like you have to be a better manager than Bobby the Brain Heenan. And no one's going to be a better manager than the guy who invented it and made so much money for Vince McMahon. So instead, it's just no one does. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're kind of like, this guy's not Michael Jordan, so I don't even want a basketball player. That's exactly it. And it's like, well, no, but Scottie Pippen's still fine. Like, I mean, I don't think his personal life reflects very well on anyone. And my God in heaven, did he wear a very open tennis style polo in the last dance. And someone fucked his fucking wife, which is not okay. Wait, what? When did that happen? <laughs> that was like some rapper had sex with his wife, which I still think is like, wow, your wife's still hot enough to have sex with a current rapper. I, can, I think about this cool. all of the time. Jerry Falwell Jr.'s um, uh, wife got caught like having sex with this like young, cool guy. And then they were and they were like to like what it actually was is they were having a they were in a thruple. Um, and he, the, like to like distract from they're like, actually, he was just having a fair an affair with my wife. And everyone would like. As I was reading, I was like, man, your like wife's it. cool. <laughs> and Falwell fucks that guy, too. That's sick. Or gets yeah, fucked by him. Maybe the guy's fucking everybody. Good for him. He wants to get sucked. He wants to be sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he wants, wants the uh, original pegging, gay sex. That's right. He wants the original... Um, um, Classic pegging, as I call it. Of course. Yeah, Dylan... What's weird is whenever Dylan is engaging in classic pegging, which it's been mm-hmm. some time, he's raising a family, but every once in a while Dylan walks into the wooded area that I like to call has his personal time. That's where Because mm-hmm. guess what? I know what you're thinking. You're looking at Dylan going, that's a man who likes a prescriptive style relationship most of the time. But one day a year he walks into the woods and then Dylan is what he likes to call a man at the buffet of flesh. <laughs> yeah. 
whoever finds the cookie gets to open the jar and that's exactly correct yeah dylan is the jar fill his gaping holes you know who we're gonna do is you know who else had gaping holes no do you know who else did who jeff hardy in the early part of his run because while it was a very well structured slow rise there were a couple of problems mainly the amount of uh spots he was being forced to engage in that were death-defying by michael hayes led to um sean waltman taking michael hayes's ponytail during the plane ride from hell and also supposedly punching michael hayes a bunch of times when he was passed out on the plane ride from hell which really makes me laugh a lot at sean waltman thinking he's a tough guy i'm gonna go stand up to that passed out man i'm gonna punch him (laughs) like what no just he's 20 years older than you just wait until he's awake everything we know about michael hayes is that he his his favorite drink is jagermeister let him have one and then you can fight him I mean, to be fair, he was probably snoring but saying the N-word at the same time somehow. <gasps> N. <gasps> N. <laughs> N. Like, it's uh, Michael P.S. Hayes. For sure, it's like, I want to punch this guy, and I just yeah, want to The P.S., by him. the way, is stands for purely segregation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to, on that, we're going to take a little break, and we're going to come back with uh, the Hardy Boys and the stuff most people forgot about but definitely happened, like here's something is... that i did not remember i remember watching every episode while it happened they were managed by terry reynolds they won the tit yeah the terry invitational tournament i hate vince russo dylan let's take a break break me hi everyone we just wanted to take this moment to thank everyone who subscribes to our patreon um you this show is already worthwhile for us because it's very fun to talk about cum but it's more fun to get paid for talking about cum which you allow us to do so keep drinking that cum Come drinkers. And we're back. Dylan, we're talking about Jeff Hardy. Are they still wearing daisies on their trunks? No, they got they got big, big trouser legs. You mm, could hide in Avril Lavigne under Manson. there. You can After hide Columbine, Marilyn Manson's accusations under there. You can hide all of the regulations Clinton's removing from the banking system in the United States. Yep. You can hide all of those weird questions we always have about Steve Austin. But then he comes back and wrestles Kevin Owens and we're like, nah, he's good though. Um, we can, what else can we hide in there? We can hide the fact that Michael Hayes is definitely wearing a girdle where he's wearing that tight shirt. Oh, he's wearing a girdle, 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 girdle. It's the kind of the thing where if you are a bigger dude, then, or a bigger person, full stop, wear black and wear it tight. And then it'll slim you down until you turn to the side. And the unfortunate thing is. They filmed him from the side quite a bit. In the- oh, yeah, because there is no way Michael Hayes was respectful to those cameramen. Like, there was no way he wasn't like, you guys ever seen a guy shit in a bucket? And they were like, no. And he's like, you're going to now get me a bucket. And he's like, no, Michael, no. It's the whiskey talking. <laughs> I just did the math, and I'm far higher up on the food chain than you, which means you have to watch me take a shit while you work up a boner. Here's a bunch of Viagra. It helps me think. Yeah. Hey, I was just doing some math. If you had a daughter today in 18 years, I could fuck her. You know? <laughs> yeah. If in 18 years, I could fuck it. That's why when I nut, I fuck my own nut. I want to point this out before we keep I'm talking sure. about Jeff Hardy. This just dawned yeah. on me. Here was Triple H's great sin that caused him to be uh, poisoned. So he had a heart attack and then kicked out of the company. He tried to do something that was different and that could be successful and then was not as successful as Vince wanted it to be. That was his punishment. Michael Hayes got so drunk at Stephanie McMahon's wedding, he sang a full song and gave a speech he was not scheduled to give. They promoted him. He was on that pill for two years that if you drank any alcohol, you just threw up, and he was still just drinking and throwing up all the time, and they were like, yeah, but that guy knows how to tell people how to give a promo. But Vince understands that. 
Vince doesn't understand a guy who's completely clean. Like, Vince McMahon, for sure, it's like he thought he was just, like, had another kind of, like, dude underneath him with Triple H, but he didn't know it, but it's like, oh, this is, like, the classic wrestler promoter. Yeah, he had Jim Crockett the Barbarian uh, as his number two. By the way, that's the best nickname for Triple H that's ever been invented. Everyone use it. Jim Crockett? But it's true. Like, Triple H, like, it's crazy how everything around this dude has changed. I don't know. We should do a Triple H episode, obviously, because his in-ring career is... Have we not? I don't think it's over at all because of medical It's definitely over. He's got a pacemaker. I I, it, it absolutely is. It's the thing of it. What it is is it's that he can't take a bump and risk something happening to that device. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like his heart is now run by a computer. Like a doctor would be like, you can get in the ring, but like, no, like don't do it. I guess. No, Triple oh, H, I, I still think that we are, there's a 40% chance he ends up in AEW. Well, again. That'd be dope. It would be. It's all that needs to happen is. I Stephanie- think that I think the biggest chance is if someone like, they're talking about the next rights deal that um someone would have to have like a godfather offer for the wwe but if someone did come with a godfather offer then they'd look at the business like disney did when they bought marvel and be like okay this is for nerds let's make it hyper for nerds who's the biggest nerd we have accessible yeah this now and then it's like vince mcmahon no longer talks to his daughter <laughs> or she divorces Triple H and marries Vince out of love. No, she doesn't. She would have to stop Vince from killing her and then him putting on a wig. I'm Stephanie. <laughs> I have a vagina that bleeds and I have daughters, I think. <laughs> um, so anyway, they... Alright, so we got school shooter Hardy Boys. And That's right. Col- the, the, Col- Boys the Columbine do. kids, Jeff and Matt Hardy, they are showing up with wet hair. They're, they've got wet they hair. They only wrestle on 420 and... Um, That's right. It is not because of Rob Van Dam, let's just say that. No. But uh, the weird thing that I realized only through reliving Jeff Hardy's beautiful career is how weirdly, how Matt Hardy is smarter than Jeff, you would say, in a lot of ways, but in one specific way not, in that Matt Hardy's move, the top rope leg drop, is so much worse for your body than the swanton and looks so much worse. Like, this is the thing that... this, like, 80s finisher, and the leg drop fucked Hulk Hogan's body... And all he did was, like, put one foot up and then let his body free fall. And Matt Hardy's like, oh, I'm going to do a leg drop off of the top rope to the concrete. Every I match. do feel like all of those moves that turn out to be really bad for your back, i.e. the atomic drop and the leg drop, are so more insidious because you look at them and you're like, there's no way that's hurting anyone. And this is the thing about the stunner I can't believe is that, like, he still does the stunner Stone Cold does. Like, that's not a move you can – I know that sounds silly. Like, no one will be wrestling at 70, but, like, these guys will wrestle at 70, and then you're fucking – But here's but here's actually a thing I, I will actually say the distinction is with the stunner is that wasn't his move his whole career. He He got that move relatively late. Like, he got – if you think about it, he only started doing the stunner in 97 – Mm-hmm. So he that saved him a full 10 years of his career. And so 97, and then by what? He's retired by 2003. So Hogan was doing the leg drop 85, let's say 85 to 2000. That's 15 years. Steve Austin was doing the stunner half that amount of time. They also were not doing the amount. In the 80s, remember, Hogan was doing three shots a night. So he's doing three leg drops a night, 350 days a year. That's so On many planes. more leg drops. Pardon me? Uh, he's on planes too. Like he's traveling constantly, which is super hard on your body. 
Yeah, exactly. Like it's just it, it's brutal, brutal, brutal. Steve Austin's career is much shorter. It's also medical, like medical treatment for the spine in the eighties was like I don't know, maybe don't be a little bitch. And then like it, like it's also Steve Austin had that neck injury. There's a bunch of re- factors to it. The main thing that always blows my mind is that Matt Hardy, yes, because of that leg drop, has the hips of a dead man, but Jeff the booking Hardy mind looks of a like genius. Okay. But Jeff Hardy is, of all of the wrestlers, the luckiest wrestler of all because his all of his weaknesses are held by his brother. Matt Hardy would be exactly where Matt Hardy is right now if there was no Jeff Hardy. He would have figured out a way because he's too good at yeah. creating his own characters that just stick with you. I hated Matt Hardy version one when it was out, but now I'm like, that's pretty fun, actually. The little I, th- I thought that was great. He has a way more... Uh, who would you say about Matt Hardy? Matt Hardy's like a character actor and Jeff Hardy's a star where it's like, it's kind of like the De Niro thing for as great as De Niro is. He can only be De Niro and Jeff Hardy is, or Matt Hardy is for, I'm not on this level, but like Philip Seymour Hoffman, he can do anything. Exactly. What did it like? I don't love the Hardy family office. But I he, don't enjoy- he was good. Yeah, it was fine. I have a lot of money. I'm evil. And it's like, if you imagine if Jeff Hardy was like, I have a lot of money. I'm evil. He'd be like. Um, I got some money. Here's my emo song. Hit it. Listen to the words. I mean, it would be dope if a guy... That's the ultimate heel move. I have a lot of money. You have to listen to emo. Oh, my God. Why aren't we in a book... If we got onto the AEW booking committee, do you understand how good the characters would get reactions week one and how angry oh, Jim Cornette yeah, would be at us? yeah, buddy. Once again, Le- wrestling, even the cool guys are way off. Just here's... And this would have been... F- Three years ago, this guy would have been great, but just like, uh, what's my character? You love the vape. That's the whole thing. You oh, my vape. God. You vape all the time. Everyone Do you understand that that guy would have gotten the third or fourth match is. at WrestleMania? Vince McMahon would have been like, you're going to be the champion. And you'd then have to be like, you're the vape guy. You are not going to be the champion. You are the vape guy. You stop vaping and everyone takes you seriously. Yeah, you stop vaping and everyone starts booing you. You are, Big you are Elias. Vape? Big haul and then... You know, fucking the Undertaker, whoever choke slams you, and then all the smoke comes out during the choke slam. Like everyone, yeah. that would be gif to a million. Anyway, uh, I'm naked. I'm covered in peanut butter. If you don't have the fucking uh, stream, and uh, it's I'm, hard to get I'm off. I'm clothed, but my clothing is made of jam. After the show, <laughs> Dylan and I are gonna hug. Mm-hmm. So. This is the classic thing about wrestling is that you remember the TLC matches and those tables matches that the Hardys have with the Dudleys and Edge and Christian, which are perfectly cast. Edge and Christian are two MJFs. The Hardy boys are straight ahead baby faces that are very much of a time. And the Dudley boys are, hey, you're older and watching this. These These two uncles are going to kick the shit out of these children. I think it's time for a patented wrestler review. What kind of dads are in the TLC match? Well, you got the Dudley boys. I'll tell you who they are. They're your classic stepdads right there. They're angry. They're out of shape, yet somehow very strong. And you're making a lot of noise, and we don't care for it. Now you got the Hardy boys. They're the young dads. You know what I mean? They're trying to be hippie. They're trying to be cool. I'll show you a flip. I still got my hips. And then we've got uh, Edge and Christian. Guess what kind of dads they are? They insisted on the abortion, and they're happy about it. (laughs) But this is the this for the purposes of flash photography. I will not be wearing a condom, and it is your responsibility. (laughs) And sounds weird, but it's like of these six guys, Jeff Hardy is the one that makes these matches remarkable because Jeff Hardy and Rob Van Dam in this era are, and I think, I mean, maybe I'm biased because we grew up then, but 
I'll, I'll think about this more often, but two guys that jump immediately to mind of like high spots that also look spectacular. I know that sounds weird, but like the edge, the spear to Jeff Hardy, the person that makes that spectacular is Jeff Hardy, clearly. And Matt Hardy doing like leg drops off of like 30 foot ladders. And you're like, yeah, I guess uh, uh, that. I guess that's fine. That's like a cracker with nothing on it for some reason. But then Jeff Hardy does a swanton from three feet high, and you're like, he could be dead. So what it is is this. The reason why Jeff Hardy and, and Rob Van Dam stick in your head is that it was the first time someone was doing ECW moves that looked like they were done in WWE style. Like That's why Rob Van Dam is so sticks out of your head in, in like ECW, because ECW is like, well, how do we fake... Jumping off a balcony and landing on a table. You don't fake it. We might kill that guy. Oh. <laughs> and well, the Rob Van Dam, Dam has that none of the new guys have, except for Sammy Guevara, kind of, is that he'll do something sick and stop and be like, wasn't that sick? Versus the young bucks who just do 900 sick things in a row. And then both of them are on the canvas and everyone applauds. This that is was so great. douchey, but I completely agree with it. It's a, it's a difference in storytelling acumen and a goal for what you're presenting. Rob Van Dam and Jeff Hardy are pre- this is so wanky, but I think I'm correct. I'm onto something. Wank, here. wank, wank. Is they're presenting full matches. Do you understand what I'm saying? So they're actually presenting uh the idea of the bell rings and you're gonna get the whole story of this fight. How the Young Bucks always structure matches is it's like it's three, it's a three-act play. They attack us, we attack them, the finish, spot, 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 spot. That guy with the stupid face mask who is our friend walks in and goes like end of match. The Jeff Jeff Hardy and Rob Van Dam will always be more interesting because you know they're going to do something, but it's not predictive of when it's going to happen and what it's going to be. You just know it's going to be in the genre of a high spot. Comparing them with the next generation of that style of wrestler, which in this case I think would be the Young Bucks, the Young Bucks just basically do what Rob Van Dam and Jeff Hardy would do like one time throughout a match, they do eight times at the end of a match every time. And it's just kind of like, yeah, we get it. I also just think the Young Bucks kind of look like shitheads and I can't get over it. And I know that everyone's like, but they're fine. I just, eh. well, we didn't watch them come up. Like the how clean and how good those guys are at wrestling truly is amazing. Like if you watch, like I don't, I don't think I've, these guys do fucking insane shit, and I've never seen them fuck up, but it's like they just do not have that X factor that a guy like Jeff Hardy or they, Rob Van well, it's also has. They don't have the X factor that a guy like Hangman Adam Page does, mm-hmm. which is I don't really know anything about Adam Page. I know that they like his finisher, and I'm, like, watch, I'm watching him walk to the ring. It's fun. I've never been like, oh, good. Here come the Young Bucks. They're fun. I'm always just like, ah. Enough of yeah, this. I mean, I think they're good, but well, anyway, whatever. This is far but too again, much about the young bucks. No, but this is a, no, but I, it's actually important because this distinction is that they are so the parallel style of performer that you do need. You always do need someone like a Jeff Hardy, and the young bucks are very much that Jeff Hardy style, big, high spot, flashy match that you're always going to get at big events, i.e., your pay per view. It's something Kevin Sullivan talks about, which is. Think of wrestling like the circus. You need the strong men, you need the lions, you need the elephants, you need the acrobats, you need the clowns. He's like, you need a little bit of all of these things to keep people engaged because you are a main it's wrestling is a mainstream thing that appeals to nerds, and nerds love a thing within a thing within a thing. I'm the goth nerd, so they have Malachi Black. I'm the loser dudes um who like to see people almost die, John and Dylan. The Hardy Boys and the Young Bucks are for us. It's just that the way the Young Bucks particularly, the way, pardon me, the way the Hardy Boys particularly Jeff Hardy um, 
portrays himself and does all these moves, especially here in this first run, just stick in your brain way more. And you know, the Young Bucks also know this, which is why they have that focus on things like for a long time as they were coming up on super kick parties, because it was another way to do a big high spot that was unique. They just don't exactly. The problem is they just don't have that stack quality that Jeff Hardy has. And there's well, the Young Bucks are the same guy twice, too. Fuck off. Go ahead. What? The Young Bucks are the same guy twice and the Hardy Boys weren't. That's true. Like the Hardy Boys, if you combine Matt and Jeff, you get Shawn Michaels, but then you break them apart and they're the Hardy Boys. Yeah, if you combine the Young Bucks, you just get Matt Jackson again. You know, I, you're 100 percent correct. Yeah, the same guy twice, which is dope. Like they're still, it's it's still great, and they're better than the Hardys in the ring. But it's mm. like they're worse than the Hardys overall because, you know, it's just there's not as much variability, and it's the same guy twice. It's anyway, in the, um, it's in the same way that the Midnight Express is not as good as the Rock and Roll Express, but it's still awesome. But then you find after the Terry Invitational, which is so funny because Terry Reynolds, like. This is the most attitude era idea ever, which is she's got some money, but more importantly, it's a reason for her to be on TV every um, uh, every week where she might show her boobs. Guys, but we may see tits. That's but like it's also you- like that's just, hey, she's got people think she's hot. Let's stick her with these guys to give them a thing. And it's classic wrestling where it's like there's no thought put into the character whatsoever where it's like. No, but like, yeah, I understand that like you want to keep her on TV because she's attractive and people will watch television then. But also like it comes off like the mom who lets her kids drink like that's that's the relationship kind of there. But then, of course, we get Lita with the Hardy Boys, which is perfect. Like this is absolutely perfect. You do not need a manager who can talk for these guys. Just have Edge and Christian talk and then the Dudleys talk. They're both great. And then let these guys fucking almost die. Yeah. And this leads to the SummerSlam TLC, which was the best one, where they all get to introduce their... They all have a third, which is yeah, Lita, Spike was really Dudley, dope. and Rhino. And it's... And it's the is, best introduction of fucking Rhino, too. Oh I remember watching God. this, where it's like, the ECW invasion actually fucked Rhino up so bad. Like, if they just didn't do that invasion, it would be like... Edge and Christian, and they have this fucking heater monster who's going to beat the fucking shit out of everybody. Like it Basically, was such what a good they had intro. Was looks more muscular earthquake. They had like they had they had method. They had Limp Biscuit John Tenta in Rhino, and they just fucked it. Yeah, I mean for that time, it's so funny looking back on it when you look at Rhino now. But it was like, first of all, his name's perfect. Second of all, everyone was like, oh, he's short. But it's like if you, but it's like. It's crazy looking back and saying he's short. Also, or looking back and being like Samoa Joe, I don't know, he's kind of short too. And it's like, yeah, every, I, I guess like everyone's just five nine now. I don't know. Yeah, it's also like who get the only reason why that's a criticism is because one guy doesn't like short guys. Like I got news for you, Ric Flair ain't six four. There's no fucking way, Rick. Like, mm-hmm. like Ric Flair purports to be six four. I'm six four. There's no way that that fucking drunk is six four. No, it says he's six one on his thing. Oh, okay. He's a is, yeah. He's not. Six four. There's there's definitely guys who are lying about being six four. But anyway, um, so the Hardys Undertaker and Edge is, I think, my favorite one. He's six Hardys, nine. Is he? <laughs> the Hardys and Lita um, are an amazing team. Of course, they get super over immediately, and Lita adds something, which is what Jeff Hardy says is, basically is, is for the Jim dudes. Ross loving Lita, by the way, because this is where she's showing song, the song. Yeah, there we oh, see, yeah. see that song. Let's fuck. This is another thing we need to talk about. The late nineties. As porn was coming in, for some reason, there was a memo sent out, which is, hey, guys, girls are just going to show you their thong sometimes. Mm. And for some reason, that's cool. 
And what it has done is ruined the thong underwear for me because it's so much really? of my life was just like there was a girl. There were so many times you'd be. I remember like walking down the corridor of my high school, and there were just so many whale tails on display, and it was just like yeah. T bar too. You call them that T bar, of course. And you're just like this was this was actually, and then know, this and lower back tattoos, look. the pornification. Oh of my the god! Youth. Yes, of course, the lower back tattoo. Bear in mind, this was before they literally called them a strand a, ta- a, tr- a tramp, tramp stamp. stamp. Um, bear in mind, I know a bunch of dudes that got them, and then man, Me. they were like, yeah, "Dylan has one." Um, yeah, I know like eight guys that ha- that know that have one. Dylan's is the best one. It says "delicious." Mm-hmm. It says "delicious" on my lower back. You know, you know, eight guys that have them. I think I know eight guys. Mm-hmm. I definitely know two, cool and then I'm going through the rest of them. Mine, I have "delicious," and then Batista's exact back tattoo. But yeah, I'm it's- not in shape, so I. So it's good. much, it's much it bigger. Looks like a bunch of mud on my back. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is the this is the important thing is she, um, Lita, makes the whole Hardy Boys thing complete because it's something for the dudes and also Jeff Hardy, not so much Matt Hardy, but definitely Jeff Hardy, is the last one of the last. I'd say John Cena. Him and John Cena are the last two that I can think of that women in the audience really liked like women. And this is something Jim Cornette will talk about all the time. This is people you used to book wrestling because it was like also kind of a male strip club. Yeah. Because they're like, Oh, this is, here's this hot guy who's going to also these hot guys are, have their shirts off. So that's fucking sick. Let's see some fucking six packs. So one of the things that came in the eighties as the NWA started to drop, was Chippendale started going on tour, and I guarantee that affected the NWA because of exactly what you're saying. It was a bunch of ladies being like, I want to go see some ripped guys be fucking hot. And, and then they, they could show- see it in the way they like rather than also now I have to see him bleed too for some reason. Yeah, I have to see I have to see a hot guy stood next to Abdullah the Butcher. Fuck that. You know what I, yeah, you're hundred yeah. percent correct. And again, what I find I want to come back to Jeff Hardy's first it also run. hurt wrestling in the nineties. That you could just download porn. Yeah. Because I got news for you. Before there's I know what you're all thinking. If you look at the attitude era, you're like, if you watch the Raws from the Attitude Era, there are so many times where it's like, there's a a lady's gonna come out and talk into a microphone for 15 minutes. And you're like, how was this the most watched thing on television in North America? And it's like we didn't have porn, and we were led to believe at any time that girl could kiss another girl. <laughs> we were not missing it. We were not missing that. Well, that's like in 2006, and that was the main thing about the women's division. Sorry to cut you off. In 2006 onwards, until they actually made it a wrestling division to like fucking like 2014, was everyone was like, and this was a misogynist thing to say, but it's absolutely true, which was, we can just download porn. I don't need to see, you know, these models who haven't been trained well how to wrestle. Yeah, and I love that it took the WWE so long to course correct. They're like, wait. So long so long exactly so jeff hardy of course breaks off from matt hardy and we get i think the first one of this is 2002 so i was going to say it's one of the first but uh, definitely one of the major like undertaker beats jeff hardy and then jeff hardy shakes his hand and they sell it as this big jeff hardy's really arrived but it's the classic thing where a he needed to put up a bigger fight B, no one fucking gave a shit about The Undertakers. This is like late American badass time. You could have just had Jeff Hardy win super easily and done great things with him, but they are vindicated because Jeff Hardy, 
has crazy substance abuse problems and of course um is out of the company shortly after but he also does some great work uh with rob van dam getting rob van dam hella over yes he does and then this is where he and then he heads off to this i just i got confused in the chronology of the first run the second run this first run ends and he first one ends in 2003 three and um yeah because they turn him heel once again as we've said before on this journey oddly and this is not I should not be saying this, but oddly, as far as booking wise, unfortunately, his substance abuse works in his favor because yeah. rather than just becoming someone that's like, oh, Jeff Hardy's on TV, they basically make him leave for three years and then he comes back and has what you would say is his best run, but it's also his shortest in WWE. Like, yeah, I, I, we were going to do two. We were going to do that as one episode and then we realized, no, we will be doing two episodes on this period. So we will do Jeff Hardy's second run when Dylan eventually good uh what is your high point of jeff hardy's um run currently here's my high point he uh essentially his first bra- one yeah his first run the high point is clearly him and matt and lita yeah i was gonna say i was gonna say the tlc matches because basically they do not they do not win and basically the only offense the hardy boys really get is jeff hardy doing something insane but it literally is what sticks in, like no one remembers edge and christian winning the first one or I believe the second one. Like I do not think any. Like no one remembers who wins those matches. Everyone just remembers Jeff Hardy attempted to commit suicide and instead scored a sweet bump. Yeah, and it's like how wrestling is done as a performance now. It was done by them perfectly then because it would you got the idea that like Jeff Hardy wanted to try and kill these guys so much, but he, but they're smaller than everybody, so they have to use their body and do these fucking crazy things. It's not like why is you know, these two wrestlers are both small, why are they both doing high flying stuff? Because that's how they wrestle. There was like a psychology that made sense, just like with Rey Mysterio, where it's like Rey Mysterio has to do all this high risk shit because he's fighting, you know, Batista who's like legit twice to three times his size like yeah he needs to do all this shit because there's he has no options if he just goes hand to hand he's gonna get the fucking shit kicked out of him and also the spectacular way and it's like these things i always say this about the vince carter dunk contest which is a weird way to say this but like the fact that vince carter when he dunked it it always made a huge noise and it perfectly went through the net and that dunk contest is as important as when jeff hardy falls through a table the table always perfectly splits into a million pieces and he definitely did that he always everything was spectacular he was the first guy uh whoever did a swanton off a ladder onto another ladder and he always was like written out of the matches like jeff hardy's fucking dead and he did it every single match and the other important thing is he had the sabu credo which was if they paid i'll do whatever i want because i remember when i was first listening to um like smart mark radio live audio wrestling at the time they would talk about how jeff hardy would be like it'd be like a house show in the middle of nowhere and everyone's going half speed and jeff hardy does like a swanton just and lands on concrete because they didn't have tables there yeah because he was like, I got an extra got 80 bucks, right? Hang on. <laughs> yeah. You're going to Ar- we're going to Arby's after this, and I can pick whatever I want. Can I get Appies and, and Zerk? <laughs> and they yeah, were like, he always gave 100 percent But yeah. men, this is the weird thing, and we'll get into this in the second one. Oh, month, here like, we go. Dylan's, oh, I'm surprised Dylan wasn't about to go into his whole manosphere rant when he just went. Mm-hmm. And men are superiors. Usually how those conversations go with Dylan. Usually Because like, he wasn't like but when when dudes started to hate him, he didn't have the promo skills to then use that to become a heel. 
He's just like he's just That's this so like funny. goth yes. female baby face in it's weird because like like I said, the way he got like pushed out and the way he jobbed so much and was okay with being a jobber because he didn't need to win that much really, really did work for him because if they would have like actually pushed him, people there would have been pushback and people would have hated him. And I think that's why he didn't make it that far. Here's also a thing Not with that Jeff far, Hardy you know, that I think about. I think the reason, part of the reason he's so popular, he's one of the few professional athletes that I think everyone who watches him goes, I can beat the shit out of this guy. Yeah, he does. He has a way of selling that's not like, like the Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels, like he does these specific bumps every single time, but he definitely has a signature way of selling and like is a great fucking baby face. The weird thing about Jeff Hardy is he Je- works- no, Jeff Hardy, you know how Jeff Hardy, this is just hitting me. Jeff Hardy sells like he's a kid. Like he literally, he's like, yeah. Ah, yeah. like it's so he's exaggerated. Dead. He's yeah, fucking he's- dead. Every My knee is scraped. <laughs> he was amazing in the 90s and in the 2000s, clearly, but. There's something that would have been amazing about him in the 80s. Like, he's like a better oh, version of the Rock and Roll Express. I want you to know this right now. If you thought his substance abuse in the 2000s was bad, that guy in the in the 80s, he would have just been in Dan Spivey's asshole. Like, he would have just been like... Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Hardy is like, Jeff Hardy tried to open up... Uh, he tried to open a territory in Peru, and now he's dead. He wrestled <laughs> cocaine, and he lost. He got pinned yeah. in 30 seconds. I think Jeff Hardy, the worst thing about him is clearly his promos. They always had to stick them with the manager... But like Vince Not, never no, seemingly realized wrong. that Matt Hardy was just functionally the manager. And, the worst part about Matt, Matt Hardy, Hardy was just like, I'm wearing the shirt because my brother likes it, and I'd I would rather be in a sport coat. I'll let you know that. The worst part about this was the weird, unnecessary hulking up they made Jeff Hardy do after before some swantons where he just took his shirt off, but he didn't have the physique. Oh yeah. Like, Ooh, you're just like, oh, I guess you someone skipped the tanning bed. Well, that's the that's the thing that people fucking hate. That's the thing that dudes hate it is like he's not even fucking jacked. But like the the difference between Jeff Hardy and Billy Gunn is Jeff Hardy looks like a real guy that women would actually have sex with, not a guy who's like, uh, oh, when I'm cycling off steroids, I do more steroids. Here's the difference: Billy Gunn, Mm -hmm. Billy Gunn always has a girlfriend, and she always has a nice house. Jeff Hardy, you go on three dates with him, and then some sort of weird oral sex takes place behind a dumpster. Yeah, there's always garbage involved. Yeah, he ate my ass and you were a Dairy Queen, is what you say. Mm. Uh, it's going to sound weird, but can I just have old McDonald's wrappers near me while we have sex? It makes yeah, yeah, this safe. is going to sound pretty bizarre, but I only can get hard if I'm near a fryer. <laughs> I wrote a song about you. Uh, it was written a year ago, but I knew I was going to meet you. Anyway, it's just generically about banging. We're about to bang. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I hope you're okay with me walking towards the bed singing it. <laughs> All right, this stops now. Next week we're gonna do <laughs> low key. I want to do low key because oh yeah, I let's do low. Perfectly know why he's not allowed in wrestling, even though he's dope. Um, I don't but know we're why he's learn. not allowed in wrestling. All I know is I don't know. He is of all the wrestlers, and I am including Grizzly Smith, mm-hmm. Buck Zoom, like some of the big monsters. You can find someone to be like. I guarantee you, Greg Valentine likes Buck Zoomoff. No one likes Loki. Like, no one. That's the crazy thing about Loki is, like, when he was, they did the original NXT, which was, like, oh, these guys all have trainers, even though, you know, The Miz was with Daniel Bryan, even though The Miz is way less experienced than Daniel Bryan. The only guy that got over was Loki as Senshi, and even though they gave him that stupid fucking name, and then he just... The reason he kicked out of WWE was just like, I understand, like, from what I remember, he just was a dick. And no indie guy was like, this is bullshit. They were like, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Where it's yeah, like, yeah, it's exactly that. It was they're like, if one of us is going to sneak through and actually make a run at making a lot of money in this, we can't stick up for this guy because he probably just was like, he like chewed is, something and in catering. Great. It was like, undercooked losers. It's okay. So, this is literally happening. There is a comedian who's no, gotten no. pretty famous who's very bad. Uh-oh. And people are starting to realize, like, like industry are starting to realize it. And it's starting mm-hmm. to be like, Hey, this person's terrible, right? And everyone's like, those are your words and not my words because I would never speak bad about a colleague. But I have to say, I agree with you. And it's exactly <laughs> what happened to Loki. Is I guarantee Loki was like, he's shitting with a door open, makes eye contact with the Undertaker and goes, that's you. And then everyone's like, get this guy out of here. <laughs> yeah, man. Or just like, I guarantee the whole thing where it's like, because you never say shit to the Undertaker because it's his yard. And then Loki was just like, I'm not saying hi to you. I don't yeah, like you. And then you. and then he was like, okay, fire him, please. Yeah, I also guarantee we're going to find out why people don't like Loki and we are going to be on Loki's side. I actually feel like I'm going to live to eat those words as I often do on this program. We're going to be like, I have a feeling Loki. We should do an Undertaker episode too in the same Jeff Hardy way because this was more fun, but just on how great it is that he did stay in character his whole career because he got out and he has like only America first or I love beating protesters t-shirts oh my god let me tell you who whoever looked at um uh mark calloway and was like this guy is not to speak as himself in a microphone until we are no longer needing him professionally whoever thought of that is a fucking fucking genius because i got news for you if that guy was just being the undertaker mark calloway during blm1 in 2014 Holy shit. Can you imagine the American badass character during George Floyd? Oh my god, if they went make America, the white man's make yard, America the under- badass again? If they oh. had, if they oh had my god. Magbab? Oh my god. Dude, I gotta right. tell you. Make let's America make, let's make and, suck on each other and uh, make uh what's the stop great right now? badass again? Oh my god. Do you understand how fucking if they had been doing that character in the rise of Donald Trump? It's a 50-50 push. He's not named as some sort of part of the cabinet. And the Secretary taken, of the Interior yeah, is the American badass the Undertaker. Thank you very much rolling, for listening, guys. Rolling. At Wrestler Review, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Next At week, back with Loki. We will be bye back bye. next week with Loki. Everyone suck me off. <laughs>